a little flexibility can go a long way. By refinancing your newer used auto loan with PenFed, you can lower your monthly payments for more flexibility in your budget. You can even schedule your first payment for up to 60 days from the date of your refinance. Calculate how much you could save at PenFed.org slash autorefi or call 1-800-247-5626 to apply. Membership is open to everyone. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Good morning, gentle boys, gentle girls, and gentle, I'd prefer not to say. Today is the dawn of a new era and where we changed our name and became a new platform here where we can actually talk about some other things. You might remember us from the Heels and Quads Wrestling Podcast, but we are no longer the Heels and Quads Wrestling Podcast. We are now Quad Star Mornings. Drop the on Monday part. Just quad star mornings. <laughs> <laughs> and now maybe we can get booked on independent wrestling shows as uh, FKA Heels and Quads Wrestling Podcast. Yes. Yes. But that's in our wrestling realm. See, we have opened a door to a new, uh, a new everything. We can talk pretty much the stuff we've been wanting to talk for two years now. That we I mean, always, we've done it here and there. We but... always talk about talking about other stuff. Right. Yes, we always want to, like, you know, branch out. And, and we did it here and there, but, you know, just the, like, we talked about last, it was like this all happened within a week. Like, it was last Tuesday, you texted me, and I was like, yeah, I totally agree. We should probably rebrand or do something about this. And then uh, we eventually just decided like realizing that the wrestling podcast market is like stupid. First of all, it's oversaturated, but second, you make it if you're Conrad Thompson or a former wrestler or a dirt sheet podcast. That's how you make it in the wrestling podcast world. Because so every fan has one now. We it's like we when we had this idea years and years and years ago, it was such a great idea then because there was a there was a there was a handful was, of fan yeah podcasts. yeah yeah but and yeah. even when we started there was only really I mean a handful of bigger fan ones 
And I, I like to think we were one of one of the bigger ones when we quit, I guess you could say. We we didn't really quit. We didn't give up. We just we decided that we had too much to offer as far as other things. We both have other interests that don't involve wrestling. That and, are similar, yeah, quite frankly. Very similar. <clears throat> um and it's just flooded, man. We can't, you can't gr- gain any more traction than we had because we, we talked about everything we could talk about really. Yeah, we tried. We did our thing for a little over two years. Thank you to everybody who was a big fan of the heels and quads wrestling podcast. Hope you'll stick along for this new journey of quad star mornings. We'll explain that a little bit. Just wanted to talk about why we kind of shut down the whole wrestling podcast aspect of it. You know, everybody in, in, it's like, we could keep doing it. We could have kept doing it as just fans and having fun, but it's like, you know, everybody's listening to the big wrestling podcasts. They're not really. And once you've listened to one of those, that's two or three hours long or an hour and a half. You don't really want to go listen to uh, some dudes podcast, you know, on Twitter or some logo that looked cool or whatever, you know, like, it's not just us. I'm sure these other ones that we went to the first StarCast with are having the same stuff happening. Of course, they're still trucking along. Good for them. But we just wanted to well, there, have other interests to talk about. There's even a lot of them that we went to StarCast with that only do like one episode a month or an episode here and there, just kind of whenever it tickles their fancy. We were yeah. doing it every fucking week. Yeah. And, like, and in the beginning, like four times a week. <laughs> And it just, it it became too much of we have to do it rather than we want to do it. Yeah, it was more of a job. It was a wrestling job. And it was a wrestling job that wasn't uh, paying all the bills. So, yeah. Well, and <laughs> I mean, know? just with, with WWE's product kind of not being what we wanted it to be, it, I think that's kind of what finally just wore me down. Yeah. Like, if it's something... And not only that, but not just podcasts, but YouTube channels. YouTube channels are, you know, wrestling is, I mean, you could throw anything and hit one, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, if exactly. you watch If you watch one thing about wrestling on YouTube, you've got 400 other channels that pop Doing up in your suggestions. Thing. And they're talking about the same thing. And, I mean, it's like, who stole from who? Who, us? Uh, who? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whose opinion matters more? It, it's it's a it was a pissing contest, and it just wasn't fun anymore. Yeah, it's there's just too much other stuff to do, and then this opens the door for us to obviously talk about movies and music and and uh, anything on TV or stupid videos or like whatever. Like it just opens the door to do other things that we're more interested in, and that it'll. It'll give us a chance, hopefully, to enjoy wrestling as a fan again. Like when I watch WrestleMania, I hope I can just sit there and just watch it and be like, you know, not not going to it going, well, this is going to suck. And I got to sit here for five hours so I can talk about it. You know, like that's I don't want to have to do that. And I, and so, I think with WrestleMania, I think that's something we could talk about on this show. But yeah. maybe not the entire episode. No, just just, just give, give a little open with it or something. Yeah, give a yeah. good 10, 15 minutes of WrestleMania and then move on and do something Now, else. if we have, if we still have a bunch of Heels and Quads fans wanting to hear it, then we can do a little episode just for them, you know, yeah. for sticking around along the way. I'm sure they want to hear that, but 
it's just it's just nice to open a show and say, hey, this is Quad Star Mornings now, not Heels and Quads Wrestling Podcast. It's going to take a while to get used to that. I almost screwed up. Yeah, I almost was like... <laughs> I, I was oh, honestly waiting quads. for it and just be like, <laughs> okay, just start over. I'll edit that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, and I didn't know what to say because I yeah. was just like, oh, well, we'll just do it like we did last time. I'll just say the first thing that comes to mind. But of course, we'll ease into it. We'll get more comfortable. I think we'll, I think we'll have a new like honeymoon period where we can figure shit out and figure out what we're doing because not as green though. No, no. We, we know how to talk. Hey, how's it going? (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I, I think like just my, my main idea for the show was we do like one podcast or vodcast when we get that figured out, which hopefully next week we'll be able to do that. Um, That'd be cool. But then, like, every day, like, maybe, if not both of us, at least one of us put a small, like, reaction video out on YouTube. Like, five minutes, you know, just... Because apparently that's what everybody's into. Right. So that's, and that's I why, you know... I mean, even when I'm working, I can take five minutes, even when I get home, and just put something out real quick. Yeah, that's a pretty that's a pretty easy thing to do, so we can, we can make that happen. Uh, there was something else I was going to say about it too. I can't remember what it was. It had to do with one of the first things you said, but oh, never mind. Uh, like overall, first thing I said, or first thing I said just then. First thing you said just then about uh, doing one show as far as uh, Monday mornings. Oh God, it just—I don't know. Something sparked in my brain, and then it just like died out quick. Like it was like <laughs> it's like the back in the caveman days, and like he just sparked some rocks together. And the leaf lit, and then it started <gasps> raining. And it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I don't know what I was going to say. But anyways. Your Zippo and we will just have... ran out of butane? Yes. Yeah, it's just Flint now. Just <laughs> uh, We will have quad star. So, we... yes, this is what I was going to say. Now I remember. We were going for quad star media. Tommy said quad star media. And I was like, that sounds awesome because then that's not limited to anything. It's just media in general, quad star media. He found on Twitter that somebody already has that and we don't steal shit like that. So we had to become something original. So we do quad star mornings and literally I didn't even, it was going to be quad star in the morning. And then we, I made that little poster and as you said, quad star mornings, you're like, I like that. And I was like, all right. It took it's, me a minute. Cause I was like, simple. I don't, I yeah, like I was simple. I just didn't know if I liked Quad Star Mornings. I was like, what the hell does that mean? And then you kind of explained it. And then I was thinking like, well, there's also horoscopes too. Yeah. So it's like, you know, but we will have, we will have, I wanted to do this. And I sent you this text about the stars. So mm-hmm. the Quad Stars, each star will have, we will have a rating system. And to all the wrestling fans who are still listening right now, like Dave Meltzer has a star rating system, but nobody knows what on earth it is or how he does it. Well, we will have one that actually explains itself. So like one star is like, I didn't enjoy myself. Two stars is, you know, it was, it was okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. Three stars is like, it was almost perfect. And then four stars is like, this was dope. So like, uh, we'll, we'll make an official, Tommy and I will put together an official like, rating system but for this episode that's basically how it goes and i mean it's pretty self-explanatory 
but we could put like the rules on Twitter, you know, like pin it to our Twitter page. Like, yeah. This is the rules of quad star mornings. Really break it down. Like how we had to feel emotionally and mentally of why, why yeah. something only got <clears throat> one or why something only got two. Yeah. And so on. And quad star mornings is quad is a little tip of the cap to the heels and quads wrestling podcast. And you never knew. Maybe, maybe one day we will be like, We'll get a bunch of feedback and be like, okay, we're going to do one, like, return episode. You know, like, basically, we retired, and we'll be like, when DX or NWO comes back once in a while, (laughs) that's us. Like, oh, it's the return of Heels and Quads this week. Watch it just blows up with listens. I'm like, where were these before? Yeah, yeah, where were you guys at before? (laughs) But that's the thing is the whole, like, idea behind this, not only just to get away from wrestling for a little bit, and who knows? I mean, in in a year, we might – Think about it and be like, you know what? Let's bring the wrestling show back. Yeah, Quad Star Morning sucks. We're going to go back to the wrestling show. Yeah, you know? but I, I want to give it time to see what it can do, what we can yeah. do outside of it. I'm not going to be like next week, you know, that sucks. Let's just go back to wrestling. Well, and it's also like like you said in the text last week was like, I mean, you and I can have a genuine conversation that's interesting. So, and, and we kind of figured, I guess we kind of figured this stuff out. So it's like, why just be like, man, I don't want to do it no more. Because then it's, then as much as that would be cool for like a week or two, then it'd be like, wow, it's kind of weird. Like what happened on my Monday or Tuesday mornings? Like I'm not doing, it'd be really, it'd be weird because yeah, it's been I, a little I, over I two years. I don't think I could give up on podcasting just yet. Or, it's not or making like content in general. Like it's, it's became like a fixture in my, in my DNA at this point, <laughs> like it's, it's just it's, content creation is cool. Yeah, it's fun, and, it's like, and it, you feel it's like not you're tearing our families apart or anything. No, you know, because we're on the road all the time or right. something. That's not it's not happening. So, yeah, I see what you're saying. It's just it's nice to be able to talk about stuff with with somebody that you can have, like you said, a genuine conversation and carry a conversation and and make something interesting that even if it's you know. 20 people on a show or, or thousands of people, whatever it is, you know, it's, it's just fun to, to get out there and put it out there. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's funny when people will be like, well, it's weird when I hear my voice on, on tape or on video or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, you kind of get used to that. Like, I don't, it, I, it, it doesn't it definitely takes, takes time to get used to listening to yourself. Well, like here, when I was a kid, I never, I, I don't think I ever mentioned this on here when I was a kid. So I used to have one of those boom boxes that had like the microphone on it. Yep. It, like the detachable speakers and shit. So I used to record my own radio shows on this thing. So I would get the cassette tape, I'd put it in and I'd be like, what's up? It's Levi in the morning or whatever. Levi at night. I want to play some music for you. And then I would record like. Iron Maiden, Danzig, Metallica, whatever, like from the CD to the tape. So I would create my own radio shows. And man, I wish I still had those tapes because. Me too, because I'd like to listen dude, to them. Dude, I mean, and I did some stupid shit on too. Like I, I yeah. remember I had one where I was messing with my grandma. And then I had one with like, of course, me and Nesbitt had one where we did like a radio show. And like, I just, I really wish I still had those tapes, but I'm pretty sure they're just gone because they got lost in a move or something but so it's like kind of weird thing about that it's like even though like i'm not like a rich and famous radio show guy but we basically do our own kind of talk show so i eventually got to do that so 
it's kind of cool. And back then I would hear my voice. On, and and it, the best thing about it too, is I remember listening to them a couple of years later before they got lost. And I, it was like prepubescent voice. I was like, yeah, guys, so I'm going to play, uh, this next song is the number of the beast. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they were, they were kind of entertaining. <laughs> You know, every every kid kind of did stuff like that. Like I remember, I had uh, the Talk Boy from Home Alone. Yeah, and I, I oh, would no do shit. that. Yeah. Like, yeah, and I would record into it, and you know, kind of do my own thing, or even playing with like my wrestling figs and stuff. I would, you know, like commentate the matches and record yeah. it, um, and then play it back and like slow it down or whatever, like he did in Home Alone. But, yeah, you know. I grew up listening to fucking Howard Stern and shit when I was a kid. When or watching oh, yeah. it on E Coast, when he was yeah. on E, you know. So, well, was he it, on radio it, up there when you were a kid? Yeah, yeah, okay. just regular radio. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. It just I always thought that was so fucking interesting. I know just, it's always been yeah, and like talking to people and just talking about like random shit that like maybe not everybody cares about, but if you make it interesting, like it'll make people care about it. Yeah. So and that's kind of the same concept with podcasts <laughs> and YouTube and stuff. It's like, well, I don't really, I'm not into what they're talking about today. But if you enjoy what they put out, then you're like, eh, I'll watch it because you know, some they'll say something funny or they'll do something ridiculous, and it'll it'll make it interesting. Yeah, it's like it's like you know, I think everybody that listens to a podcast is subscribed to Joe Rogan because obviously he's the king of podcasting. Like nobody oh, yeah. nobody surpasses him. But his his shows, uh, like I listened to the Elon Musk one yesterday and, uh, he can just say, it's just cool to listen to just an intelligent conversation, you know, whether it's about it, like some of those guys on there, I'm like, what does he do? He's like a neuroscientist. And then you end up listening. And then in, in like 20 minutes, he's like, Hey man, you ever tried mushrooms? And it's like, okay, this is about to get good. So <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what I love is like when he has guests on or, or any like, radio show or podcast or whatever they have a guest on and it, they'll start out like getting to know each other or whatever and then especially rogan like he'll just start talking about random shit with these people that ha- it has nothing to do with their job no yeah and it, that's it's... what makes an interesting conversation it's the same with howard stern howard stern did that forever and he still does like he'll have uh, an actor on like you know how many what's the most amount of people you've had sex with at one time? And everybody's like, what the fuck? Like that took a turn. <laughs> yeah. Or he's just like lately he's mellowed out. It's kind of, Oh, it's yeah. not as explicit. It's... I wish it was, but I mean, yeah. he's, they still have, I think it's just like after 30 years of doing it or whatever, it's like, okay, we gotta, well, and it's the, it's, <clears throat> it's ingrained in the culture. Now that cancel culture movement that everybody, especially with social media, mainly Twitter, it's like you say one thing and people will twist it every which way oh, to course. get it to to put somebody fucking down. And it, it's, it ruins people's fucking careers. It's ridiculous. You can't say or do anything anymore without it offending somebody. We, talk, we talked about it all the time on the wrestling show. Like yeah. That, it, it, it's so difficult sometimes even when we'd say something just a little off color. We, had, we edited a lot of things cuff. out. Yeah, and it's like, ooh, like we text each other as soon as the show is over, and you'd be like, oh, I should have said that. And yeah. I'm like, um, let's pull that out. Yeah, yeah let's 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 just kind of erase that from history. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. 
those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Yeah. So, I mean, it might be a little fucking weird at first, but I, I feel like over time we'll get used to it and we'll f- kind of find our way in. And it, we just don't have to cater to one audience, which is fun. Yeah, that's nice. It's very nice because the a media audience is a little wider than a wrestling audience. Like, that's the that's the thing is that's just how I felt. I just felt trapped in the wrestling world. It's like, okay fuck, I want to talk about a guitar or, like, a car or something, you know, like, whatever, <laughs> I just or football. And it's like, we'd, ha- we'd talk about football, but then it's like, okay, we got to move on to wrestling now. You know, it just became, it just became kind of just limited, you know? And it's not that, like, somebody was behind the scenes going, hey, you guys need to start talking about wrestling. It was just us knowing that people weren't going to listen past the, 30 minute mark if we hadn't started talking about wrestling and usually we had a good 20 minute cold open with uh (laughs) just random bullshitting going on so anyways you good over there what's going on huh what's going on over there i I, I was letting you go oh okay rant well let's go let's talk about uh let's do the official quad star morning let's start the quad star morning show. all right let's do it uh i feel like we should probably open with the uh album that yes. we chose that would be that would and be then good. we'll do the the movie so basically the decision was made to stay in the year 1982 because of the movie that levi picked because he had bought it like a while back and just never watched yeah. it yeah yeah so the movie today is blade runner but the album which 82 had some pretty big hitters. As yeah, far we can as... do another 82 oh, yeah, episode. It, <laughs> I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to rotate, you know? Like, next week, I think we've already decided that we're going to do Big Trouble in Little China, because I know that's one of Levi's favorite movies. Oh, yeah. And I enjoyed it as well. But... It's the same director, right? Is that right? No, it's not. It, uh, Big Trouble is John Carpenter. And, oh, yeah, and, it's John uh, Carpenter, but I thought that it had something to do with Blade Runner. Never mind. No. But uh, Blade Runner is Ridley Scott. I was thinking of Alien. Alien. Yeah. Alien is what I was thinking of. Um, But 82 had big hitters, and like 82, 86 had some big hitting albums, so we'll have to get together and decide what we're going to do as far as uh, music next week. But this week, we're going to do Misfits Walk Among Us album. It's 24 minutes and 38 seconds, so it's super easy listen. I listened to it right after we decided yesterday, and literally less than a half hour later... It's over. <laughs> and it's Yeah. But their songs are so short that it's like, oh my god, this is you don't have to really think about it. It's just there. So this is their first like full length album. Yeah, because they had recorded first, like, two. LP. They'd recorded two and trashed them 
completely. Three hits. There's three hits from hell and beware. Am I right? Uh, Static Age. Oh, Static Age. So okay, so Static Age was before Wakamonas, uh-huh. and, and it was just released officially later. Later, right? Okay, so here I see in '81 there was three hits from hell with London Dungeon on it, and then Beware in 1980 with like seven songs on it. We are 138 Bullet, Hollywood Babylon, Babylon, <laughs> Teenage from Mars. We don't care. Anyways, uh. Yeah, it looks like there were some songs before that. But anyways, Walk Among Us was their official first album. Yes. That didn't and that, get trashed. They had, I mean, they'd released singles and stuff before that. And that, like, later on, you know, in, what was it, like, 94, 95, when that box set came out with the coffin, which I yeah. had. Because before we get into the actual record, I just wanted to say one thing. Like, <laughs> Misfits as a whole is one of, like, the most underrated bands, but also the, one of the most overrated bands. And what I say, when I say overrated, I mean like their shirts are in hot topic and anybody can wear their well, shirts. Well, their shirts are it, just a brand at this point. Right. I was going to talk about that. It's the, yeah. it's the same thing like with Kiss. And like Nirvana. You, yeah. And Metallica. And then, or, or somebody that wears a Yankees hat and has no idea who's on the team. Yeah. So it's like with it's like that. You, you see people all the time wearing Misfit shirt, and you know just by looking at them, they have no idea yeah, what, like, what they were about. I'm like, oh, what's your favorite song on uh, Famous Monsters? They're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, the, that's because they didn't like Michael Graves. That's yeah, why. that's true. That's true. <laughs> see, that's we got to talk about that because I like Michael Graves. I enjoyed that period of the Misfits, but hey, anyways, it, it it was what it was. I mean, for what it was in that time period, I was just happy to have some form of misfits back yeah it's yeah it was like he did what american psycho or whatever american and, psycho uh, and uh and famous monsters famous monsters yeah so famous monsters when i was a kid i listened to many many times so that's why i that was the first thing that come to mind like obviously earth ad and static age and shit like that like so anyways <clears throat> i was no go go rant go i just uh, no i just like the cuffs are the awfully misfits, The Misfits I own is like collection one and two, basically. Like those are the albums that I have. So right, I don't... which are basically just greatest hits records. Exactly. So it's got everything on it. Yeah, I don't own. Yeah, because it's only you know you can put eighty of their songs on an album, and it's mm-hmm. only like thirty minutes. So uh, I don't own uh, Walk Among Us or Static Age. Now I did get on Amazon right away after listening to this and going, well, I'm, you know, like why don't you have this album? You should have it because these are classics. These are good punk staples. And uh, just that real, like, just that real, like, crusty, hardcore, like, CBGB-ish punk. Maybe not CBGB-ish punk. That's, like, a little more arm swinging going on. But this is, like, just, just interesting punk at the time you know because the 70s there was already like what the sex pistols and black flag and ramones, ramones. would you throw them in punk yeah they're oh, pretty yeah, punk definitely. right yeah um that yeah three, black flag three chord that's it same three chords yeah so that's that was essentially the punk of that decade so yeah we see the the misfits kind of carry that into the next generation like the next decade 
I guess very you could briefly. say. <laughs> very briefly. Yeah, very briefly. And then they come back in the next decade, and then they come back in the next decade. Like, yeah. it's like, so every, you know, from the 80s on, we have a Misfits album in each each decade, technically, I guess. Or, did they have one in the 2000s? They did, didn't they? Oh, they yeah. Did the, uh, uh Jerry only did a lot of lead vocals after Graves left. Because he did, he, he, yeah. I think his thought process behind it is he knew how much of a of a name and a brand Ala Kiss was that he couldn't just like kill it completely. No. He knew he had to keep going and he actually he took singing lessons just to be able to to sing lead. Which I mean at at that time in his career, I mean, he could have put anything out and it would have sold just put that logo on there. Yeah, exactly. And it's like misfits like the movie Blade Runner have a cult following you know so there's always going to be fans like misfits is a very interesting thing because and that's the way i can put it as like a thing because it's like you said first of all it, it's a merchandise you know it's music that's now 40 years old um i'm losing where i'm going with this but it, it's just a it's just an interesting thing so I see why he didn't kill it because it's like you just feel like it has to live on and move on to the next generation and the kids need to know about it. So now like uh uh Doyle he's like the the band now is what Doyle and Jerry Only and, and Dr. Judd. Well, actually it's it, I mean now it's the original Misfits. It's it's Danzig, it's Jerry Only and it's Doyle. They're going around and I mean, they do like spot shows, I guess, but they do major arenas and they did, they started off, they did two festivals, uh, Riot Fest in Chicago, I believe. And then another one in uh, Colorado. Those were the first two. And then, then they started doing like, they did, they played the garden. They played, uh, the Staples Center. They played a show in Las Vegas. They've done a few here and there where, you know they're billed as the original misfits not misfits not the misfits the original misfits the original and I, misfits and that's to get people like oh yeah i remember this or i know what this is but it, it's cool that they finally decided like money <laughs> and just not even just money but like i feel like generally they they really wanted to appeal to uh, their audience. They wanted, yeah. they knew their audience wanted to hear them play live again together. Well, look at all the bands that came back, you know? So it's like, why not Misfits? Why not, why not come back and play some shows and give people what they want? Uh, you know, I was thinking about the, also the shirts that all the shirts with the Misfits look, Misfits look are like, do they, do the band members get paid for it? Does the record level get paid for it? Like who gets that money for that skull? It's it's split mainly between <clears throat> Jerry and and Danzig. So Danzig, even not being a part of the band for all those years, he still gets he big leagued them. Yeah, basically because I mean okay. he, he wrote all the all the songs. All the songs were written by Danzig. Okay, and, I did, so I didn't know that that yeah until that. Okay. the nineties version, which is when it became more of a committee, more than just him saying this is my fucking band. Yeah. <laughs> And that's how I found them originally was because I, I, as a kid, you found Danzig I, first. Yeah, yeah. Okay. As a kid, I remember watching MTV and fucking Mother ninety three was probably the first thing that I saw that live video, 
And yeah. I was like, oh, man, this dude's fucking ripped. He's like Wolverine. He's a badass. Yeah. And then, you know, later on, as it goes on, there's the video of Danza getting knocked out and stuff. And I remember, Oh, that like, one crushed me, dude. My, my, fr- my <laughs> friends were like, me. back in the days of like uh, LimeWire and, and oh, uh, yeah. Kazaa and all that shit. Yeah. And like they downloaded that video and they're like, oh, you got to see this. And I saw it and I was like, why you got to do this shit to me? Yeah, this guy's like one of my heroes. Yeah, man. <laughs> he's, he's yeah. Been knocked out. You know? When I saw that video, I had already listened to probably his his first couple albums, like his solo albums, and I knew of Famous Monsters, and of course, I had already got like the collection CDs. So I was like, Yeah, I know, I know Danzig. And then me and my friend found that video, and I was like, Oh my god, this is terrible! Like, yeah. I just don't, and then, but I watched it like a hundred times because I started laughing eventually. Fuck you, motherfucker! Bam! <laughs> he gets knocked There's out. There's two sounds: him getting hit and him hitting the floor. Yeah. Well, before that is the precursor: the fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But you, I mean, I feel like if it was just like any other person, like versus Danzig, he could probably take him. Yeah, yeah, I know, because he, he so is a like, big dude. Look at him, yeah. Well, he's a short big dude. Yeah. But he's, you know, Danzig, he's still a hero. It just, it sucks that, like, that got caught on video. You know, you wish, you kind of wish it could have just been a story of, like, yeah, this one time Danzig got knocked down. It's like, eh, whatever. Yeah, okay. I'm sure yeah. he, oh, yeah. Were you there? Okay. <laughs> Fuck yeah, you, sure. motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, shit. Meat happened. on meat. <laughs> yeah. And so, wasn't also with the Misfits before we talk about the actual album? Wasn't Mike Villelli like the skater and uh, the vocalist for them for a while? Like in recent years, I'm pretty sure I saw that Mike Villelli, the pro skater, was a he was the vocalist for the Misfits for a short period of time. Or he am I thinking have... of Black Flag? Maybe I'm know. thinking of I am thinking of Black Flag. Yeah. Okay, because I, I was totally gonna, am. I was gonna say because I know after Graves left because they had a big dispute. Uh, him and Jerry, but I was trying to think who there was somebody else before Doyle or not Doyle. Jerry only took over lead vocals that was yeah, sorry technically that. in the band, but they never like played like an interim guy. Yeah, but they never like they just kind of rehearsed together. I think. Yeah, I was totally thinking of Black Flag. Mike Vallelli mm-hmm. was the vocalist in 2003 and 2013 to present. So yeah, I, see now we're getting involved in the punk world here. Like I got mixed up because I love so, Black Flag. Yeah. Thank you, Internet, for <laughs> coming coming together on that. So so the longest song on this album looks like it's Hate Breeders at yeah. three minutes and eight seconds. And yep. like the first three songs are in the one minute and 40s. The first two are one minute and 41. So there's 20 Eyes, I Turn Into a Martian, All Hell Breaks Loose, Vampira, Vampira Nike Agogo, Hate Breeders, Mommy! Can I go, Can I go out and kill tonight? Night of the Living Dead, Skulls, Violent World, Devil's Whorehouse, Astro Zombies, and Brain Eaters. Uh, you know, I found a pattern in this, and it's a quite easy formula because I get sucked into it myself when writing music. Uh, they, so, you know, on your, on your bar, your 4-4, four, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. That crash is getting hit every first note. Yep. Yep. Like, so they're always, when you hear that crash, you know it's a new bar. But that's just, you know, that's punk music. But it's also, like, it just cracked me up because I, <laughs> I never got out of time when I'm listening to these songs. So it's like, oh, yeah. So they're running about 100 and, 
50 beats per minute right now. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. You know, I just do that now that I like make music more and I'm always fucking with music that I'm always counting when I listen to music now and it's becoming a, a habit. And then like when you listen to Rush or something, you're like, okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, one, two. Like it's just, it's a totally <laughs> different counting situation. But yeah, anyways, I just uh, well, ru- I mean, Rush overall that. is way more complex <laughs> than Misfits. Yeah, that's why I was saying, like when I'm when I listen to a band like them, I'm like, okay, now I'm starting to get lost. I don't know where I'm where I'm at. I don't know where the where the root note is. You know, and it so. also depends on what Rush album you listen to, because I mean, some of them like had slower songs, and some of them were just heavy hitters, and then some were just kind of just out there, long extended jams. Like you never really. That's one band that's. I mean, I love listening to Rush. Rush is I, great. I feel like I'm being, like, tested. <laughs> like I mean, seriously, li- it's like listening. To, it's that's the first like math music, man. Yeah, you that's really like, have to think about it. Yeah, it's like nerdy math music. Like, and then you see bands like from these days, like Dillinger Escape Plan, very very popular metalcore band called Mathcore, actually, and. They, I think they're back now with a new song or something. Anyways, they were they left. And, I don't know. Very popular in the metalcore, mathcore scene. Like if it wasn't for Rush, bands like that wouldn't exist. If it wasn't for Rush, like Tool. I mean, where do you think Tool got their weird time signatures from? You know, they listened to Rush when they were kids. Oh yeah, definitely. Like Danny Carey has to be a fan of Neil Peart and rest in peace, Neil Peart. Too, yeah, the we never fucking drummers. Of all we time. never even said that on the show. I just realized that because like, it was a fucking wrestling podcast. That's why. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, still, we, I mean. No, I know. We always talked about music. But, yeah. yeah, definitely. Rest in peace, Neil Peart. I mean, those. Yeah. Uh, dude was a, I mean, he's a drum god. Like, he's not just one of the best drummers of all time. Like, as far as, like, the Mount Rushmore of drummers goes, like, he's the first face on it. Oh, Him he's and, and John Bonham, you know, yeah. like, those are the drummers from that time period that were awesome. And uh, who is the drummer here? And, uh, uh, let's see on this album, Arthur see. Googie, Googie, Arthur Googie was the drummer here. So he was, uh, he was busting that left sided crash. All that, here's the thing with misfits drummers. <laughs> <laughs> it was a revolving door. Well, and they're it, very replaceable. Yeah. Well, yeah, nobody, nobody's there to see them. I mean, you're there to see Danzig. You're there to see Jerry only. And let's face it, at this point, a lot of people go to see Doyle because he's this big, massive, he's fucking, fucking giant. giant. Dude, he's huge. And, and I his saw. Wife? Well, ex wife. Go ahead. No. Ex wife. Oh, no. Alyssa? But, oh, uh, well, Gorgeous George was his wife for a while to put a little wrestling note on it uh, that was with Macho Man in the late 90s. Was his uh, wife when I saw him? Because uh, I saw him open for Danzig with his band Gorgeous Frankenstein, and when he comes out, he's like, dude, he like, stomps to the fucking stage, and he's ginormous. He literally so he's on stage, like a tall dude like, too. Yeah, on stage he looks like he's nine feet fucking tall. Jeez, yeah, that's awesome. He looks so, like a wrestler, man. I mean, I've, he, I've looked yeah, at and they, I mean, they did. Him. He's in they his fifties, and the dude's jacked. Oh, they did. Oh, in WCW, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I forgot all about that, dude. Yeah, the Misfits, because I got mixed up, and I was like, "No, you're thinking of Insane Clown Posse," but no, it was definitely the because they were with Vampiro, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. 
that was 2000s WCW. That's why I forgot about it. Or 99 uh, WCW. Yeah, it's very forgettable. Uh, but no, what I was saying was like people were there to to thrash and fucking just be crazy, and and they knew Danzig and they knew Jerry Only and they knew Doyle. That was it. And that's still right. today. I mean, I don't even know who the drummer is. I know he's from another band. So if you're a fan of him, I'm sorry. But uh, let's look. I'll open it in even, a new tab. And even here, it says Danzig was played the drums on Brain Eaters. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it says he said he played rhythm guitar on uh, Vampira. Also, yeah. Devil's Whorehouse and Astro Zombies overdub guitar on all tracks except for. Oh, Mike. fucking go, Dave go Lombardo. Dave yeah. Lombardo's playing their drums now. I mean, that there was Slayer's go. drummer, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I knew I knew who it was, but I couldn't think of his name off the top yeah, of Yeah, good thing I came up with that, because that would be, like, not a good... Oh, I don't know who the fuck he is, but... Like, <laughs> I don't dude, know who the fuck it Dave is, Dave Lombardo but... is yeah. a fan... Like, this is a little bit of a step down from what he's played before. Like, Misfits is very easy compared... Like, his discography is massive. He's... Yeah. He... That's crazy, dude. I didn't. I didn't know it was Dave Lombardo, dude. You gotta go on YouTube when we're done and find one of the live shows. I just actually almost watched it yesterday because somebody had put out, and it. Some of them are like really rough to listen to because they're really like not wanting you to record anything. But oh, really, somebody got uh, the full concert from MSG, and I want to watch it. But uh, when was yeah, when was that? Uh, that one was, I think, December. Oh, like that it recently? Was, it was very recent. Yeah, it was oh, November okay. and December when they did that one. Uh, but there was, I mean, it goes back a couple of years now when they first did that Chicago show. I think that was seventeen. No, hmm. it was probably early eighteen. I know we were already doing the show. So their shows are very sporadic nowadays. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, but well, arenas. and I mean Dan, Danzig's still doing his thing on his own, and actually, finally, his Elvis uh, covers album's coming out in April, I think. Oh they, my I gosh. think they finally got a date, and I'm so fucking pumped for that because literally he's been talking about it for like 20 years at this point. That's and he, cool. I mean, he's done a couple of Elvis covers, but to get a whole album of Danzig singing Elvis is exciting for me as an Elvis fan. So, so. What would be your favorite song off of Walk Among Us? Dude, I don't know. I'm, that's what I'm looking at right now. I knew it was coming. Because <sighs> it's, it's so fucking hard. Here, here's the hard part for me is, first of all, it's the Misfits, so I like it all. And yeah. second of all, it's the Misfits, so it all runs together. Right. You know, it's all the... It's all that three-chord shit you were saying. But, like, it's still classic. It's not bad music. It's just, that's punk music, man. And that's the Misfits. They're very simple... And it's all about the lyrics, the horror lyrics, and the horror vibes that they give off. So, um, I, I mean, I liked, I, I personally really enjoyed Skulls. Skulls is great. Um, I want 20 your eyes. Uh, Astro Zombies is good. Brain Eaters, Astro Zombies. Uh, what was the one? Uh, I like the, I like that. Mommy, can I go out and kill tonight? Is live. That was pretty. Yeah. Cool. It sucks that the crowd is quiet. Like you can tell they were very. You know, they were just an opening band back then or something. Like, the crowd was, like, not all there yet. It's crazy listening to that live performance versus probably well, now. Even, like, with that, just having one live song on there, like, you can go... I mean, their fucking bootleg concerts are so easy to find online. But, like, the the box that I was talking about earlier, the Coffin one, had so many fucking... You have different, that, right? Yeah. Different live tracks and stuff. And it, it's just... 
it's crazy to think how how short of a time that they were actually together and like making music and how and how big they are massive they were i'm trying i'm trying to pick one that just like this is the one song i would take off i don't think this is like a one song album honestly <laughs> well, i think I mean, any of their stuff it's it's like damn it's hard to pick one because they're so ingrained in like all of these songs are, are going to be in a set list you know because they're gonna they play like i think they play like 35 or 36 songs oh i believe it but it's only like an hour show but it's non-stop wow okay so you weren't kidding when i said like they were they brought punk into the 80s but literally 83 was the last album yeah that was it and then, and then static uh, yeah, age 80, 96 yeah 83 is when they actually broke up because i think i think that came out I think that came out after they broke up. Wow, I need to refresh my history here, dude. Damn, I didn't realize. See, I didn't realize their actual studio discography was so small, other than, like, EPs and shit and singles. Yeah. Because, uh... And then you got Evil Live. That's... Yeah, Evil Live. Like, right after their first album, they had a live album. Yeah. Well, Um, I mean, and back then, live albums was where it was at. Yeah. Because after... Wow, that's crazy. After Kiss Alive... (laughs) In seventy five, like everybody oh, had a yeah. record. Yeah. Frank Big Comes Alive, Cheap Trick at Budokan, uh Judas Priest, uh and, I and think the Far Ch- East or whatever it was. I think Kiss Alive is like the Kiss that's Alive the, is like the staple of live albums, uh, That's the definitive know? live live album. Because that's before that you said what was it, nineteen seventy five? Yeah. Before See, that, that like the the only thing really before that that The that, Sabbath or Zeppelin? Well yeah like live yeah well i mean you had elvis aloha from hawaii that was huge but that was 73 that was the first that was the first concert to ever be beamed around the world via satellite was elvis aloha from hawaii well he was that big though oh yeah he could do that shit and i think what like kiss was was still satanist music back then so you know (laughs) it's not aloha from hawaii had like 1.5 billion people that watched it live but there was only like wow back then yeah Damn. Was, yeah, it was like 90% of the population with a TV around the world watched it. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, Kiss Alive would be... We, we need, we'll need. we do a Kiss Alive on here. Oh, sure. sure. Like, obviously, yeah. we're going to talk a lot of Kiss Maiden on here, but we got we to gotta spread it out because we can always talk about that. We got to find some some new things. But Kiss Alive and Alive 2 and 3, or just do all the Kiss Alives, but uh, in a retrospective... Anyways, did you find your uh, favorite song off this album yet? Still not. Still looking. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with. <laughs> I, I gotta go with Twenty Eyes. I mean, it's just a solid opener. Twenty Eyes. Yeah, there yeah. we go. I gotta. I gotta go with that. It's a classic album. You know, if you're a fan of, if you're a fan of punk music and you never heard the Misfits, then you've made a big mistake. And if you're a fan of music in general and you're open-minded. Listen to the misfit. Listen, li- listen to this record just because we're talking about it, and then come back and tell us. By the way, you can follow the show at Quad Star Morning because mornings was too many, too many letters. Quad Star Morning on Twitter, and uh, yeah, the you gotta listen to the misfits in general, just because it it is like if you're gonna buy a misfit shirt. If you buy that shirt, I suggest it doesn't come out of the bag until you know a title of one of their songs <laughs> that you like. Because you, you're going to, like, I want to quiz you if you're going to, you know, 
if you see me on the street or in, in a in a anywhere, and you're wearing a Misfit shirt, I will ask you what your favorite Misfit song is. Yeah, and if you say London Dungeon, then that's what I would say. Yeah, we're cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love I, London Dungeon. Dude, dude, I, London Dungeon. I know Up it's so two. overplayed and overdone, but Last Caress for me. Yeah, that is a good one too. I mean, oh I think London Dungeons over. Like, I hate to be the guy that picks the big single, but dude, fucking, I love London Dungeon. Yeah. Man. I also love Helena off of Famous Monsters. I love. Uh, there's another one off. Like the whole album of Famous Monsters, I like. Just it's like a better produced three chord album, you know. <laughs> but it, it was it was a little more poppy because Graves it has was, yeah. has more of that poppy flow to his voice. I mean, he's nowhere near pop, but. No. He's just got that vibe to him. I couldn't tell you much about American Psycho with Graves. Like, I don't... I, I've listened to it, but I don't know that anything really, like, blew my mind on it, you know? Like, Famous Monsters was my... That was, like, my second introduction to The Misfits, when I was like, oh, it's not always been Danzig, because, you know, there I didn't have internet till like, 2007, I don't think. So I really didn't get to look this shit up. And once I did have internet, I, like, was researching. Then I nerded out on bands all the time, dude. Like, that's how I studied so much Iron Maiden and, and all these bands and shit and genres. But, uh, like, hearing Famous Monsters was, like, my second. Like, oh, wow, who's this? That's not Danzig. Because you know immediately, you're like, that's, that's different. And then I was like, I kind of like this, man. Because when you're a kid, you don't really think of the things, like, like fans probably didn't like that album a lot. I don't know. You know, I'm not, I'm not a huge Misfits connoisseur, but obviously, like I know my history. I and I love the Misfits, but I, I'm not like a you know, like I said, I have collection one and two. <laughs> when when, the, when they got back when when Graves was the lead singer, I think hardcore and still to this day, I think hardcore like original Misfits fans, they they poo poo that stuff. Oh, but then there's of course, also, yeah. But then there's also that that group like myself who who enjoys kind of just there it is. There it was. <laughs> there it is. I know that sound. Yeah, that's um, it. <laughs> she's sick of us. Yeah. Um, like I just enjoy the idea of it, and it, it doesn't have to be one. And but that's that. I think a lot of that comes from being a Kiss fan. So you got to kind of take what you can get at that point. Yeah, because you had to go through that. I mean, Maiden, being a Maiden fan is the same way, yeah. dude. Look at the 90s Iron Maiden. Like, that's not yeah. a bright and shining moment for them. But I enjoy it because I'm a fan. You know, like, even shitty, uh, like, even Metallica's St. Anger album. I mean, God, people Ugh. shit on that. But you know what? I find the gems in it. And I, I think I was just I took, excited. Dude, I listened to it once and took it back. I mean, I, I believe it, you know, because it definitely ha- – it's, it's not – I don't know what they were thinking, but I can still listen to like Frantic or some kind of monster or like some of the songs and be like, man, I like it. Like, it's just so simplistic, though. Metallica is not simplistic. Like they're they're like riff kings, you know, so I just felt I felt disappointed because when when it came out, we got to talk about that. Waited. Yeah, we'd waited so long for it. Yeah, we got that. And it was like sounded like a tin can. And I was like, oh, God, the tin can sound, dude, is terrible. I was like, you had fucking like fifteen years and Bob Rock. to put this out. 
Yeah. And Bob Rock. Yeah. You had Bob Rock. You had Bob Rock, and he's the one who the, fucked the album up, basically. One of the greatest one of the greatest fucking producers of all time, and it sounds like shit. Yeah. It's a nostalgic I mean, now, album to me, man. Now, now if I listen to something off that, I can kinda I can kinda vibe it though. I'm like, eh, it's okay. Like it's been you know? shitty for almost twenty years now. So it can get and now good. It's like, I guess it's a classic. Yeah, now. I mean it's basically, you know. Cause but I, I, I think I think that's another thing, too, is I'm such a fucking, like, music snob. Like, if it came out, like, after 91, it better be fucking good. <laughs> Were you a grunge guy? No, I hated it. Really? I was a hairband kid. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. See, I, I was I a grunge was, kid. Even at, you know, four and five years old, I was all about partying and having a good time. Uh, I didn't want to be depressed. I want to walk in, whoa, all night. Yeah, I, uh... I was a grunge kid because I was born in 93. So, like, that, I heard Stone Temple Pilots and Alice in Chains, one of my favorite bands, and Nirvana and all that shit on the radio, like, throughout the 90s, all that shit. So, you know, I liked the music. Um, and then, obviously, I was a new metal kid, like, and you, new metal, like, yeah. late 90s, yeah. like, Limp Biscuit and Corn, dude. I mean, I'm not going to, like, the other day, I worked out to Limp Biscuit because it gets me fucking jacked. Like, I was. All right, pumped. the show's canceled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, man, it has to be their good music, though. Like, they only have three good albums. And I know for most people, it's like, no, they have no good albums. And I'm like, okay, well, that was my era, dude. Like, that's the music I came up listening to was yeah. 90s shit. And then leading in 2000s. But, of course, by 2001 or two, I mean, pretty early on, I found... I was like, okay, 80s is the shit, and so is the 70s. And, like, I had Zeppelin yeah. albums and Sabbath albums. And, like, I think I found Iron Maiden in, like, 2003, I think it was. And uh, that's when I, like, started really – like, when I found – that's why Iron Maiden is so big to me because that's the band that I found and started really diving into music, and I wanted to play music, and I wanted to learn about it and all that shit. Like, that's the band – that's why they're such an influential band to me because I'm like, wow, if I can find this, I can't imagine what else I can find out there. And like Metallica was my first album. Like I owned the Black Album when I was like six. Like I remember my mom's friend handed it to me and he was like, here, check this out. And I was like, what? And then I remember I listened to it and I was like, holy shit. And then I immediately, it was like my grandma was watching me that weekend. I was like, grandma, we got to go to Walmart. I got to get some, some of these other albums. And I, and I got Master of Puppets and Injustice for All. And like I was hooked. I was I was a metalhead. Of course, I was at a No More Tears concert in the womb. So there's a little bit of my backstory there with my music background. That's why I'm a metal. My primary genre, rock and metal. But like I'm not limited to that because, I, like this was nice listening to the Misfits because it just you eventually get fucking burnt out on, especially if you're listening to metal or deathcore or something like that. Like. That shit runs together. Death metal, thrash metal, it's all, you know, it all runs together. And see, I'm different because when I was growing up, we didn't listen to the radio. It was like. it was all about cassettes in the car on the way to school or going to the mall or whatever, you yeah. know. It was like in dad's truck, we had Kiss and Elvis and, you know, White Snake and God. Oh, God. <laughs> I, like, Still the night. And I'm, and I'm thinking about like, the like the bag with like the the rows in it of cassettes and like you see the name and you pull it out and then you look at the cover as a kid and you're like oh fuck uh wh yeah. what was going on when this picture was taken you know that was the kind of stuff i was thinking about and just like 
yeah, or Kiss albums. Like who who designed this? And then you start looking into that as you get older. Like try try to find out who designed the album cover. And yeah, and then like in Mom's car, we listen to Heart and Bob Seger and all like Boston and uh, oh what what the fuck else? Like I mean, it was just so much. And my parents both like such a potpourri of different fucking genres and bands and. You know, you and then, you know your parents tell you stories about when they were in high school or whatever, driving around in the seventies, and fucking my dad skipping Smoking school to see Kiss and... the first time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And of course, like, in those stories, it's oh, like, damn, man. I want to do yeah. that. Yeah, my know? dad fucking almost fourteen years old, and him and his friends skipping school. My grandma getting pissed because they went to Madison Square Garden to see Kiss, and That's oh awesome. man, this is just crazy. And then like now I'm passing that down to my kids and it's like, they like the same music I listen to for the, for the most part. And like, that's the good thing about kids is like your kids will usually follow you. Yeah. So I'm like passing down what he wasn't even my real generation to my kids who definitely not there fucking anywhere close to their generation. So it's, that's the cool thing about music. And like you were saying with the nineties, dude, now when, when I'm drinking beer or whatever, having a good time, I'll rotate stuff out. I'll go to the have a '90s night and listen to stuff that was popular on the radio then that I wouldn't have fucking touched back then. But now I'm like, you know what? I, She's I so hot. Yeah, stuff like that, dude. And I'm like, I can listen to that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it's poppy <laughs> as fuck, but it's not pop now. '90s had, yeah, the '90s had so many one hit oh. like alternative wonders. And you're like, this. I mean, like that song, uh, for instance, Fastball you know? the Way, is one that comes to mind that I really like dig now (laughs) (laughs) there's just so many that's like this band didn't have anything else but like even now i can listen to like soundgarden and like stp like you were talking about earlier like and i like it like it's interesting to me now but those are 90s yeah but now i can't i I mean then i wouldn't have listened to it. it it took growing up and getting older and learning more about and appreciating music more to be like well, just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's not good. That's that's a big part of growing into music, yes. Because there's a lot of people, and it, and it's like this when you're a kid, mo- mostly. Like, when I was a kid, I was like, yeah, Metalhead for life. Like, screw all that other shit. And then, like, the next thing you know, years later, I'm like, I fall into the party scene, and I'm listening to rap and stuff. I'm like, well, this gets chicks, so. <laughs> but then, Whatever you know, gets Nick, what? Yeah, like, once I finally got older, I was like, you know, I might not like this band. Like, I don't, you know, particularly love Nickelback, but they're doing something fucking right, you know? So it's like, I mean, obviously their songs have some catchiness. Like, I'm not going to be that guy that's like, I fucking hate them, they suck. Like, no, obviously they're good because they sell out every arena, you know? So, and it's just shit like that. And they sold a lot of records, too. And they sell a lot of records, you know, so there's a lot of bands you have to just be like, you know what? It's not my cup of tea, but they're fucking talented. Yeah, they, they, for, did, they something did something right. right. Yep. Sold yeah. a lot of records, sold out arenas, have a fan base. That's like me with Leonard Skinner. Like, I've never been a Leonard Skinner person, but I mean, I respect That's what the they did. of you. Yeah, but I respect what they did, yeah. you know? They, I mean, right. they're, they're talented, like. But fuck, I mean, like I classic. I love Garth Brooks. A lot of people don't dig him, but I thought he. I think he's a talented dude and has a great fucking voice. And like, like a lot of people, he sold a fucking gajillion fucking records. And today, I mean, 
his new albums aren't shit, but he fucking still sells out every fucking arena and every stadium he walks into because he has a fucking past and he has a catalog that could rival fucking any other big fucking artist. Yeah. And that, and even go a step further, it's like people who like, oh, I like the Beatles or I like the Stones. Like, I like them both. Yeah, I don't know why you'd have to pick on those. That's not really, like, that's, you, you have to like both, you know? So, anyways, we'll, di- we'll dive more into, we're, we're digressing quite a bit here, but into the music. But this that's is like fine. what, this is like what you can look forward to on the new. This is the in- introductory <laughs> yeah, a little, little backstory, you know, a little talk about. And the I mean, pe- shit. I mean, with this, people are gonna find us who don't know who we are. So That'd be nice, and then maybe they'll listen or not listen, or they'll tell their friends and tell their enemies because that didn't leave. No, that stays the same. Uh, so let's talk about the movie that we watched. Uh, yeah, because we're already an hour in the movie that I watched <laughs> for the first time. Yeah, Blade Runner, nineteen eighty-two science fiction film directed by Ridley Scott. And written by Hampton Fancher and David Peoples, Ford, Rutger Hauer, Sean Young. Um, it came out, it looks like the release date in theaters would have been June 25th, 1982. So actually like three months after the Misfits album, Walk Among Us. So we did that in order perfectly. The budget was $30 million, The box office was $32.9 million, making this obviously a cult classic uh, with that low income off of the movie and well but not like making a ton of money but people loved it nowadays so that kind of right. lets it fall that's, into that cult category that's the box office numbers you then you got to take into account the, the movie uh, sales at this time, renting VHS, sales yeah dvd blu-ray now 4k like digital now yeah uh, so i mean this movie has way way made more than that at this point yeah and i'm sure 2049 like doubled you know that that probably made a big because by now it's like everybody's like oh cool second blade runner movie i love blade runner and then they all went and seen 2049 which i will eventually see you know i watch this even as a fan of the original i still haven't seen the the 2049 i was told it's not bad like it's it's a good movie i should still watch it but this one is obviously better because the original um this movie, like, the f- first time watching it, I'm going to have to watch it again. Like, yeah, oh yeah. I was going to tell you, like, this is definitely a movie you have to watch. Multiple times. Multiple times. Because it's to take, really... Like, I watched, I started it the other night on Netflix, watched about, I don't know, a third or a half of it. And then I went to bed, and then yesterday I started watching it again, so I understood that first third or half a little bit better. Like, I heard things I didn't hear before, and it's it's not super action-packed, It's uh, but it's, like, very atmospheric, you know? Like, it's just... And this was supposed to be in, what, like, August 2019? Like, that... Uh, November 19th, I believe, 2019. 2019, yeah. So that's what's crazy, is that, like, in 1982, this is, this is, we're already past this movie, like according to this movie timeline. So that's wild. And, uh, we don't have flying cars and all that shit yet. We were talking about this last night. My, uh, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law came over for dinner last night and he actually sat there and watched Blade Runner with me. And, uh, he was saying like, you know what never happened is all the neon lights. And that would have been really cool if we had all that yeah. like, cyberpunk neon lights down the that's what he said, and I think that's the best way to put it. This is like a cyberpunk movie. It, yeah, that's. I mean, that's technically the genre 
that it is. Okay, I didn't I, know that. Yeah. Um, it's supposed to be like a... The original version had like Harrison Ford kind of narrating a bit over it, so it had that film noir vibe to it. Oh, so this was... isn't the original? No, the this is the final cut that I think that oh, we both watched. Oh, okay, um, okay. Because technically, there's seven different versions of this movie. Wow, all right. <laughs> there's the, uh, hang on, let me pull up all seven versions of it. Let me find it. Okay, so there's the the, the work print prototype version. The San, Diego, the San Diego sneak peek preview version, the U.S. theatrical release, the international theatrical re- release, the U.S. broadcast version, the director's cut, and the final cut. Wow, okay. So the final cut is probably the one you're finding around mostly nowadays. Yeah, and that's the one that's on Netflix right now. Yeah. As we record this. My Blu-ray is the final cut as well. That's why I watched it last night. And I think uh, even like most places like Walmart and Best Buy and stuff at Amazon you can find the director's cut it's pretty easily accessible it might even be a bonus on on like a double disc uh 4k or blu-ray release yeah I could see this being like a five like five times and you kind of start to understand it after you watch it five times like and because I want to watch 2049 but I really want to know everything about this first because like on your first go around you figure out okay the the replicants are like these creations of uh, JF Sebastian or whatever, or no, the other dude, uh, the dude above JF Sebastian, right? They created, yes. the, they created the replicants because uh, they go to that Chinese dude in making the eyeballs, and that's Lo Pan from Big Trouble in Little China. I'm like, yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. I, I, when he popped up, I was like, "Oh, Levi's gonna like this." Yeah, I saw him, <laughs> and I was like, "It's fucking Lo Pan." <laughs> I was all excited, and that maybe that's where I made the connection with the the big trouble in little China thing. I think that's where I made that connection at instead of Alien. Um, anyways, it's a very yeah. You have to pay attention. Uh, it's not super action packed, but it's like I can enjoy it because, like I said in the text yesterday, I know a lot of industrial bands are like like they've written music based off of this. Just it's very influential because you know the whole industry. I'm a big industrial music fan. And that a lot of that vibe is machines and futuristic shit like that. You know, it's all, you know, industrial music is a lot of times made by machines. So I think a lot of times things like this and Terminator are influential on that stuff. But I've just always felt like I, I needed to watch this movie. I've been told many times, like, oh, you haven't seen Blade Runner. And I'm like, no. And so finally I bought it. Like, literally, I bought it probably like two months or three months ago. And now I'm just now watching it. But it was just like five bucks. But, uh, I mean, I found it to be a good movie. Like, I did enjoy it. I was always interested. But there was just parts where I was, like, just bored, you know? I was like, this isn't – there's not – something needs to happen. And then you get an action scene, like a real quick one. And then it's like, okay, now it's going to get weird again. And then the ending was very interesting to me. So, like, obviously, people who – haven't seen it like this is going to spoil it but it's not really a spoiler of an ending it just he hears what that dude said about you know she's going to die because they all die or whatever and then he like shakes his head looking at the origami gets in the elevator and it ends yeah they have an expiration date is what they call it <laughs> yeah he said something about like four years was yeah. some of them because that one replicant from the beginning when he's fighting deckard or whatever harrison ford He's like, when do I die? I was born in 2017. When do I die? 
and then he's like fighting him and shit. So yeah, the it's interesting, man, but it's kind of a mind fuck in a way. Like you really got to pay a lot of attention. Like listen with headphones or something even cuz it's yeah. It's dialogue well, the, the driven. The audio on this isn't very good. No, it's too quiet. Like as far like the visuals is they're so vibrant and the light, the like you said the neon lights and stuff. The visuals are but great. But then it's like yeah, but then you're like what what the fuck like yeah, what do you, you feel like you almost have to watch it with like subtitles on. Yeah, it's funny because Matt recommended he was like, "Do you ever watch movies with subtitles on?" And I was like, "Not really. Why?" And he was like, eh. "So I'm like, okay, maybe that's what he was getting at. Like, I need to watch these fucking subtitles." <laughs> but it, it it really is. I mean, it, it's such a fucking classic, and going in knowing that it's a classic, and the first time that you helps. watch it, you, yeah. But the first time you watch it, you're like. But I I don't really see it. I don't get it. Like I I know what you're saying. Like I know. how it's it can come off as kind of boring. Yeah. But it's but to tie it together with, with like what we were talking about with the music stuff when we were talking about Rush, that's kind of what this is. Like you you have to think about it. Yes, it's a like it. Yes. It it's like a history test almost watching this movie. You're you're trying to figure it out. Like okay, so why is it a class? Who's a replicant? Yeah. Is Deckard a replicant? Like, that's a, yeah, that's a that question was... you think. Yes. Yeah. So, okay, so Amanda, I, I'd, Amanda was taking a nap, and I watched, like, a couple of making-of documentaries on it before I watched the actual movie, because I, I never really dove into much into the history of it. I was do the same thing, yeah. I didn't, though. And I, yeah, but I was like, okay, I gotta start the movie, or I'm just gonna keep going into, like, different opinions and scenarios of what could have happened in this movie or what the true story behind, or, you know, the actual is Deckard kind of a replicant. And that's the main question you kind of think at the, by the end, but Amanda's like, what the fuck are you watching? And I was like, Blade Runner. And she's like, Oh, okay. So then she starts asking me questions and I'm like, just watch the movie. <laughs> yeah. Trust me. You're like, still going to be asking those after the movie. You're still, yeah. You're still, <laughs> I said, and that's what I told her. I said, you're, that's the whole point of this movie. It's like, it's, it's just going to make you think. Mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's a mind fuck movie. It is. It's like, uh, like I really want to watch Inception. I've never seen that, but I know that I've never seen it either. It's like a two and a half hour mind fuck movie. Like, uh, you just have to watch it multiple times and understand it. Like, I like those movies, but it's like, man, I really don't want to watch it that many times. But it gets better when you figure it out. Like, we watched Shutter Island before with Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh-huh. And that's a mind fuck. At the end, you're like, wait, what? Like, I remember watching it. I've only seen it the one time. And I was like, wait, like, okay, I get it. Now I need to rewatch it. But this one is more of like a mind fuck just throughout the whole thing. You're like, what is going on? You know? And then you're finally. You kind of start getting it about halfway through it, and then you're like, okay, so these – and you can tell who's a replicant and whatnot, and, but there is that, like, is Deckard a replicant because she – that dude or – she asked him, like, have you ever done this test on yourself? And yeah. he's like, no or whatever, or he just goes to sleep or some shit. Like, I don't remember what he said, but it's like, okay, that's interesting. Has he done that? Is he a replicant with a long expiration date? You know, so I don't and, know. And the and the fact that he's in love with Rachel and who is a replicant, always, right? She's a replicant. Always, yeah, and he always asks her like, like when they're when they're about to shaboing, and he's like, "Tell me to kiss you, or tell me to touch yeah, you." Yeah, what like, is he, that? He wants that confirmation. So it's almost like he's trying to like in his uh, in his genetically induced DNA, like he needs he needs that validation. 
to be able to proceed. Or maybe the fact that she's a replicant and he's not. That she that has you, to say it Yeah, she has to yeah. say it or else, you know, it's like rape or whatever. But, yeah, like, the fucking performances in this movie are, like, mindfuckery as it is. Because Harrison Ford, you're thinking, you know, Indiana Jones, Han Solo, like, all the, these iconic characters in Deckard now is, is right up there. I mean, when you when you see stuff people post on social media about, you know, movie stars like him, it's, it's always, he's identified with so many good characters, but then when you watch a movie, like, I, I don't know, one of his other random movies and it's like, well, cause you go into that thinking, okay, this is Harrison Ford. He's iconic, but I don't like this movie but, because he's not yeah, that identified Han character. Solo and yeah. uh, Deckard are iconic. Not yeah, I can't and Indiana Jones. Yeah, I can't identify with him as this person because I'm so easily identified with him as those characters. Yeah, so that's kind of where it. Oh, Tyrell, that's the dude I was thinking of. That yeah, created the yeah. replicant. He created the test. He did the Nexus Six or whatever. Uh, yes, and, and that's the th- same thing with like Sean Young as Rachel. Like I just keep thinking of fucking Einhorn from Ace Ventura. <laughs> like that's. I don't remember I her. Of. I don't remember her in that. Yeah. So she she in Ace Ventura she plays uh, well technically I guess Ray Finkel who goes on to be not Lieutenant to be confused Einhorn. with Howard Finkel. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you never know, man. Oh, People can get God. confused with it. And then Daryl Hannah as Pris, who's a replicant, and she's a fucking she's psychotic in this movie. <laughs> like, yeah, her little flips and stuff, her little oh somersaults and whatnot. That's the one you're talking it, about, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I didn't really get all their names either. Like that's yeah. me in movies. I have I do have to watch them multiple times. Any movie to get everybody's names or look it up because I just don't like names are hard to catch for me because I'm more invested in like okay when's the shit gonna start happening because that's what I want to see. You're you're trying to figure out the plot, and you're trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out who too is. much in a movie like this. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's why it takes multiple viewings, is because yeah. you're constantly trying to figure out everything. Yeah. So that's it's you know it's another. I'll watch it again. I'll watch it with headphones or something subtitles, subtitles. so I can so I can really catch everything. But I I truly enjoyed it. I mean I can see why it's a cult classic. I can see why it wasn't a big box office hit because everybody's probably like. You know, with the lack of a ton of action and then the ending, it's kind of like, I just went and saw this in the movies or like at the drive-in back then. And then, you know, over the years, I can see where that becomes a big, like Big Trouble in Little China. I'm pretty sure that's a cult classic. Oh, you know, I don't know because it was probably corny. That movie's like this one's ahead of its time. Blade Runner for sure. Oh, yeah. And uh, Big Trouble in Little China was a, a little bit kind of like that but uh yeah i i can see why it has a cult following and why it's like so widely a big movie a good movie now like a classic but like at the time you know i'd have to put myself in someone's shoes in 1982 to be like walking out of the theater going eh, i didn't i wasn't a big fan of that but uh yeah and that, and that's how it was received i read reviews on it from when it first came out and heard stories about when it first came out and like people were just they shit on it like yeah because it didn't it didn't make sense to them and that because back then man movies were so like 
it was an escape. Like you didn't want to go watch a movie that you had had to think about. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, it wanted to be it straightforward. It was like, oh, we want to just go be zombies for an hour and a half. Yeah. But this one is like, you kind of have to think about it. So, you know, it makes me wonder if that's where it started. Like the, the, the following is after they watched it in theaters, if they were like, huh, I wonder if I should rent that and watch it again. You know, wow, Blade Runner 2049 was released in October 2017. I didn't realize it was that. It already been like two and a half years since that. Yeah, that's crazy. I like. I remember when it was coming out, and I got fast. all pumped. I was like, "Oh, I gotta go see this." Yeah, and then I was like, eh. "I don't know." Go to the movies to me is just such a it's such a fucking task. Like I really like even the new Terminator that came out. I wanted to go see it so bad, and I I actually did finally get to watch it. But it, it's a direct sequel to two, from what yes. I understand. I think you yeah. told me that. That's cool. I like that because. That way, because I didn't watch Genesis, and I don't have to watch it now. Well, I'll still watch it. Oh, dude, you got to watch it, because everybody shit on it, but I loved it. And I think it... I want to see this Dark Fate one. It is good. I liked it. And something about Terminator movies in my house, like, it always makes somebody cry. (laughs) Like, Yeah, when that thumb uh, goes up, dude, that's that's it. it. I'm done. I'm out. Sorry. (laughs) That's the one right there. But Blade Runner didn't make me cry. No. Uh, so we didn't do our quad rating system for either of these, by the way. Well, let's go ahead and give that okay. now. So, uh, walk among us. Uh, I will not, I, I, I'm not, I can't give it a quad star rating. I can give it. It's a tough one because, because of it being a classic, you know, that kind of gives it that extra star. Um, but just. For a debut, like full-length album of the Misfits, I'm gonna give it. I, I can probably safely give it three stars. I was. Gonna, I'm gonna say three too because I mean it's not. I mean, you also have taken into consideration the time that it was released, and they didn't have a lot of money to put a big production behind it, and you know the yeah the it's genre all, it's like a demo, of music. Basically. You have yeah. to take all that into consideration. So. I mean, it's it's definitely close to being that four star or the quad star, but the three I think is fair because it does. Yeah. For people, I mean, music is hard to rate because then you got to be like, oh well, it didn't have a hit single. It didn't have yeah, but it had hits to the audience that it was pertaining to. As as a debut, I can give this triple stars because it's it's you know it's a debut of a classic band, so it, it just it's earned that right now. If we're in 1982 and I listen to this and I'm like, you know, then I'm then I'm gonna have a whole different perspective. I can't tell you what that is because we're not in 1982. Right. We're uh, we're 38 years in the future from that. So, uh, yeah, I, I give it I give it triple stars. Yep, me too. Uno. Uh, one double, triple, quad. There's yeah. our rating system. Yeah, triple star. It's a triple star CD. Now, Blade Runner, I can... Uh, this is a mm-hmm. tough one for me, because I don't... Since I don't totally understand everything, but I want to, I can safely say another triple star movie. I don't know if it's quite quad stars, only because of the lack of action, man. That's the only thing that kind of... You know, I want to see that gun being shot more and more fighting and shit like that, you know. So, 
I can do I can do triple and a half. I can do that my for my rating because quad star would be like this is a flawless movie. Right. And it's and it's design and architecture and colors is great, but to make it triple stars, I would say like I would like to hear the audio a little better, and I would have liked a little more action. But also, it stays at triple stars at higher rating because I like the idea of a mind fuck. I like having to use my brain to figure something out. So, I'll do triple stars. Okay. I. Okay, it gets one star because it's a classic. Yeah, that's an automatic. The yeah. acting in it gets two stars, gets it to two stars, or double stars, because it's, I mean, the, the acting performances, I mean, you they're pretty sincere. You give it a half a star even just because Harrison Ford is in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. And another half star because it's Ridley Scott, and, you know, especially considering he, his movie before this was Alien, which is, fuck, what a great movie. But yeah, it's the, the the idea that you're so mind fucked that you know you have to watch it again. <laughs> to me, like, I mean, it, it all depends on your thought process. Do you like that? Like you said, you like being mind fucked. You like having to think about it. Yeah, I like but that. It's fun for the for the, like the the not so like. I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of a way to phrase it without like shitting. Not so on casual yes, movie yes, watcher, yes. like somebody who's just casually watching, like flipping through the t- channels on TV. If you still have a fucking TV that you know you flip you through channels, you're like you yeah. might flip it on and be like, eh, I've, I've heard things, and you're like, well, I just don't get it, and like give up. Especially if you miss the first thirty right. minutes, yeah. then oh, you don't even miss the introduction is, about what's going on. This is not a movie like like a comedy or something where you can just turn it on and be like, Oh, okay. I missed 20 minutes. I have no idea what's going on, but I'm laughing. So I'm having a good time. Yeah. This is something yeah. you have to watch from the fucking credits. Like the opening credits, you have to be paying attention because you're going to miss something. And there's those small little details. So I, I gotta go triple too, because it's, it's close to being perfect, but the audio fucking that, that fucks with me. Like, if I can't yeah. hear everything that's going on or understand everything that's going on as far as what they're saying, like, that's, I gotta, I gotta dock for that. <laughs> so. Yeah, that, that, and, you know, the lack of action. Mm-hmm. To, like, I, I, I hate to have to keep bringing that up, but I just, I just expected there you to wanted be more. more violence and stuff. Yeah, like, I expected now, something. Now, when he crushes the dude's fucking head, that was pretty sweet. When that's Rutger pretty cool. Howard and fucking the fighting that dude's and... head. Yeah, that was pretty gnarly. Yeah, yeah, that dude, that dude's a badass. And you know, I just like, I like these industrial dystopian future stuff. You know, like the Terminator. Dude, we you know, we will definitely do all the Terminator movies at some point. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a given for sure because that's you know Terminator Two is in my top five movies. I, I would even say that's probably number three of mine all time. It's it's up there for me, and I've watched it countless times. So that, but I hope that's, to kind of get there with Blade. Yeah, Man. that's Terminator Two is one that if when we do it, I wouldn't have to watch it the day before we do this no, because I know it. I oh yeah, sure, it gives me a reason <laughs> to watch it. <laughs> yeah, any reason I have to watch Terminator Two, I'm in. Yeah. 
All right. Well, I guess that about wraps it up for the debut episode of Quad Star Mornings. We hope you enjoyed Blade Runner and Misfits Walk Among Us. Uh, if you're a fan of, like I said, dystopian futures and sci-fi flicks, and if you like Terminator and you kind of want to be mind screwed a little bit, check out Blade Runner. It is a classic. Uh, I will be watching it again at some point to figure some more shit out. Um, obviously, if you're a fan of classic music and roots of punk, especially uh, Misfits Walk Among Us is a necessity in that genre. And it's a good album, you know, but it's just very linear punk music. That's what it was back then. Um, but it's an easy listen. So yeah. That's the thing. It's, it's, it is a very easy listen. 24 minutes. Like if you have, you could be on a break from work and listen to the whole album. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. For real. That's, that's very true. I didn't even think of that. You can like how many, you can watch two stupid YouTube videos in the time period. You can wa- listen to one good album. Yep. So two triple star reviews here today, and we will be announcing on Twitter, I'm sure, what we'll be doing next week. So follow the show on Twitter at Quad Star Morning. And has the Instagram changed? Yes, it, still here it, it has changed. Okay, Quad Star Morning. So what is it? Quad Star Mornings on Instagram. We're not doing a Facebook because nobody fucking does Facebook anymore. It's, yeah, that's not necessary. Yeah. Like Instagram I didn't, I didn't even Twitter. like try to change it. Like, I was just like, I texted you and I was like, you want to do Facebook? No, no, nobody wants nah, to do Facebook. Nobody's even, nobody's like looking on there to see if we have a new episode, no. you know, so. And then, of course, I am on Twitter at Levi D. Zindel and Levi Zinfandel on Instagram. And I'm at Mr. Tommy Walter on Twitter and Tommy Walter live on Instagram. I know this was fucking weird. It was weird for me. I'm sure Levi feels the same fucking way. It was weird. I know. I want to kind of go back through and and maybe listen and edit stupid shit out. Like, I'm like, I'm like weird yeah. about it. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you the the track and we'll figure it out. We'll cool. we'll put some time into this, and ho- hopefully, yeah, hopefully go. next week we'll we'll have video, maybe. Yeah, hopefully we'll figure something like that out. So, anyways, follow the show on both those platforms. That's emphasis on that, so you can keep up to date with what we're doing on here. It's Quad Star Morning on Twitter and Quadstar Mornings on Instagram. And remember, don't forget to tell your friends. Tell your enemies. And we'll talk to you guys next week with a new Quadstar Mornings. Bye.
Support for this episode has been provided by Ratio Keto-Friendly Dairy Snacks. If counting macros makes your head spin, count instead on a snack by Ratio. They've done the math for you, so you can spend less time studying the label and more time enjoying your day. Creamy and delicious, try strawberry and vanilla for two grams of carbs and a unique combination of sugar and protein. Interested? Ratio Keto-Friendly Dairy Snacks are now available in the yogurt aisle at Walmart. Always consult your physician before starting an eating plan that involves regular consumption of high-fat foods. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving.